No, that's the wrong song. No, mashups are always bad. Name one good mashup. The preview review Star Wars mashup we just did. It's brilliant. Name another one. Um, I don't know, something Glee did one time. No, they're all bad. Anyways, today's the Star Wars episode. Yay! I love Star Wars. In case you didn't know, there's a new Star Wars movie coming out in a few weeks at the end of December. Or it already came out if you're listening to this in the future. I mean, like, really late. It's uh, okay. I know some people have a backlog of Honestly, it might take me that to. long to edit this episode. Don't that in reality. Stop. No, I'm just kidding. This will be out... When it's out. Hopefully before December? 19th. I don't know. Anyways... Ryan and I are both big Star Wars fans. We're both big and we're both Star Wars fans. And we're also... (laughs) (laughs) So needless to say, this is going to be an entirely Star Wars-centric episode. And if you don't like it, you can get the fuck out! It's okay. Next week we'll be doing something that's totally not related to Star Wars at all because I don't think another Star Wars movie is coming out the week after this movie comes out. (laughs) Um, In all seriousness, though, Star Wars isn't your jam. You might not enjoy this episode, but you also might because we're going to be talking about some heartfelt meaning that we have taken from the Star Wars franchise, some excitement that we have about the new movie, and we're also going to play a few bonus games this mm-hmm. week because... Plus, I'm doing a review roundup of Ford versus Ferrari. Oh, so stick around for that, <laughs> and that's going to happen right now. Oh, whoa, it's review roundup with me, your host, Ryan Toon, for this segment of the show. It's just me and me alone because Tyler didn't see this movie. Ford v. Ferrari, um, we talked about the preview. We liked the preview. We thought it was okay. We got tired of seeing the preview so much, I think. But I went and saw this movie, and it was way better than I expected it was going to be. I thought it was just going to be a race movie about like the big Ford company trying to beat the little Italian car company in a big race in France. Ooh, But no, it was really a heartfelt story about these two friends and about the journey they had building this car, trying to beat ferrari but really about the little man standing up to the big corporation ford and trying to make it their way and not saying yes to all the corporate hoo-hahs so um i really like this movie and sorry that's all the content that's not star wars related anymore back to the star wars thank you okay wait well i mean okay hang on a second first of all this is a preview review this is a podcast where ryan and i normally sit down and we talk about movie trailers that are coming out or that have come out for movies that are about to come out. And the trailers are excited out, but the about, movies aren't out. Exactly. And what we're excited for about this movie. Normally we do more than one trailer per episode, and today we're just talking about Star Wars, baby. It's Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. That one. Yeah, well that's the movie that's coming out. But first, we gotta do a little bit of groundwork. We gotta, we gotta lay out why does Star Wars mean so much to us. And before we do even that... We're going to play a game. Let's Let's, kick things off with a game. Let's jump into it. Star Wars is an expansive universe of content, Ryan. I know. Does this game have anything to do with that? It does. Thanks for the nice segue that I killed. Um, So Star Wars has been around for years. And as long as Star Wars has been around, nerds have been writing books about Star Wars. And Lucasfilm has been making, like, publishing those books. There have been video games. There have been comic books. Um, When Disney bought... Lucasfilm, they threw all that in the garbage and said, none of this counts anymore, it's only the Disney stuff, baby. And 
Um, a lot of people are upset about that, but then a lot of the new stuff has been really good. That's your quick background on Star Wars media. Now, a lot of these Star Wars things have a lot of weird names. One of the newest games that just came out was called Star Wars Jedi colon Fallen Order. Just a lot of weird, random Star Wars words thrown together, and you're like, ooh, I recognize those words, I'm going to buy that content and consume it. So this game, Tyler... It's Star Wars, and there's Jedi, and they're part of the Order, and it's Fallen? I'm interested. Well, you can play it, Tyler. You have a PS4, and it's on that I system. don't have a PS4. It's still broken! I'm holding your PlayStation remote right here, The controller, here, but where's the console? It's not the fire stick. God! <laughs> anyway, that's Tyler's personal life. Back to the game, because it's been a long intro. Um, so I've come up with... Um, some Star Wars titles that may or may not be actual things you can go buy in the real universe. If you think this is a real thing, you will say, that's real. If you think I made it up, you'll say, that's fake. I'll say you made it up. Does that make sense? Sure. Everybody ready? Strap in. Let's go. Tyler, is this real or fake? Star Wars, The Old Republic, colon... Fatal Alliance. You made that up. Sorry, Tyler. That's a real thing God you can go it. buy. The book? Yes. Maybe. I don't remember. I think <laughs> I was scouring Wikipedia and I was just looking for weird titles that sounds like I could make up, but also sounds like they're definitely real. Well, congratulations. You did it. It sounded like you made it up. Here we go. The next thing on this list. Is this real or fake? Star Wars. Boba Fett. Hard contact. That's real. No, I made that one up. Dang it. Boba Fett didn't have hard contact with anybody. After the first one, <laughs> I feel like anything's fair game now. How about this one? Darth Maul and the Wrath Tars. You made it up. No, this one's totally no! real. It sounds ridiculous and not real, but it is. Let's try this one. Aftermath, Empire's End. Is it real? This one's real. It's actually on my Thank bookshelf God. at home. I had to get one right. This one's least. part of the new canon. I haven't read it yet. It's part of the Aftermath trilogy. Star Wars, The Approaching Storm. Real or not real? Real. It's real. You did it. And now for the last possible title. Star Wars, Darth Plagueis, colon, Remnants. You made it up. I did make it up. Thank God. There Came is... through at the end and got... It got two the out of last... six. No, I got three right. Three out of six? Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't keeping track. Good job. That's really good. It wasn't looking good at the beginning, but I Darth turned it Plagueis around. Darth Plagueis is a real Star Wars novel, but Darth Plagueis Remnants is something I made up. Yeah. That felt a little too... Like, with the colon and everything, it's just a lot. Like, I know they do that often, They but... do do it often. I thought I was going to get you. Well, congratulations, Tyler. Thank you. I'm, I'm proud to have gotten a 50% on that quiz. Which is a statement that should not apply <laughs> anywhere, anywhere else, else in the world. If you're in school and you go home and say, Mom, look, I got three out of six right. 50%. That's not fridge worthy. I'm sorry. None of my work is fridge worthy. That's not true. We didn't have a fridge. Oh. Well, this sounds like it's part of your personal history. And, and that's not about Star Wars, so we can't talk about that We can't that talk right about now. that, but we do want to talk about your personal Star Wars history, Tyler. Okay, here's my personal Star Wars history. I remember sitting at home, mm. my first exposure to Star Wars. Ooh. 
Tell us about the it. The Phantom Menace. What? You started with that POS? Oh, yeah. We watched Phantom Menace on VHS, baby. Wow. And I fell in love with Qui-Gon Jinn. And then throughout he died. The whole movie, and then they freaking stabbed him! And he went, oh! Sad. And then I was like, it's okay. This young, hot Ewan McGregor is gonna, gonna save the day. You did not know Ewan McGregor's name. Well, you know what I mean. The, just the dude. <laughs> And then, of course, I was, like, hyped up. Lightsabers were so cool. Droids were so cool. Jar Jar Binks was so cool. So well, I was like, I gotta racing. go watch the original gotta watch the original movies. And then there was no Jar Jar Binks, and I was sad because I was little, <laughs> and he was the funniest part of the movies. But I still loved it. And as I have grown up and learned to love Star Wars more and more, I mean, every time I see it, I just fall in love with the movie all over again. It's so... It's a classic hero's journey, but it just has so much more impact because okay. I At feel this like point, it's... you're talking about a new hope, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. It's just like yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Every time I watch it, I just fall in love all over again. The classic hero's <laughs> yes. journey of Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> um, Jar Jar's the key to all of this. It just it has kind of the equal parts of like anyone can be a hero, but also the like fantasy of like destiny and hope deriving from like a chosen one it's like a such a well-balanced and crafted journey through the original trilogy watching the prequels you know the good and the bad start to polarize you know you can see the stuff that's really cool that they accomplished in the prequels and you can see the stuff that was not so great but you know it is what it is mcclunky and um so I was super hyped when the sequel trilogy was announced and had, a, I mean, I still remember, you know, one of the best movie theater experiences of my life was going to see Force Awakens when it came out. And then Last Jedi again, I loved that movie so much. Suck at haters. What about um, the spinoff movies? Gosh. Ugh. Rogue One and Solo. I Okay, I loved Rogue One when it came out. As I revisited it, it... I've kind of become disenchanted with it, but I still enjoy it as a Star Wars movie, but I see some more of the problematic elements, but it's not like prequel situation. Wait, when you say problematic, you mean we have to cancel Rogue One? No, not like that. More just like, I think that there are certain elements of the movie that were maybe due to some of the production issues that like, oh, that could have been dead better. Like for one thing is like, every time I watch it, I notice more and more how like the score is really lacking. And they could have done a lot more because it was super rushed. And then some of the other stuff is like, just, you know, how much I love trailers. Some of the stuff that was included in trailers, not in the movie. You wonder why it was missing and if it made maybe a more complete story. It's and true. And then there were some these, things like, like that. Interviews that came out with Gareth Edwards where he's like, we just shot that for the trailers. Like, did you really, Gareth? Mm -mm. Did yeah. you really? And some of the dialogue is a little on the nose sometimes. But, it, it, you know, it it's honestly then like, this is the thing with every Star Wars movie, like, not every Star Wars movie, because some of them are absolutely perfect. But even bad Star Wars movies, as much as there are things that you can point out and be like, yeah, that wasn't great, then they do like something super awesome in the movie, and you're like, okay, well, that was super cool. Case in point, Attack of the Clones and the giant freaking Jedi pit battle. Um, with Rogue One, it's like the way that it has, like, illustrates, like, the war-torn galaxy from, like, a more gritty point of view than the other movies do. Mm -hmm. um, and Solo... Again, I have things that I point to that I'm I'm not a huge fan of, but then, like, Donald Glover is on screen as Lando, and it just, like, kills me every time. Like, it's so good. 
Um, and it's like feels more like a swashbuckling adventure, like more in the same vein as like the original trilogy. So, um, I have loved and enjoyed every single Star Wars movie that I've watched. Um, some are better than others, but it still just means a lot to me and can't wait to see how this mega saga is going to come to an end because it's been many, many years and many like hours and hours of not just film, but thinking about all the time and production that has gone into creating this like legacy of films. And it's it's like awesome that we get to live like contemporaneously with Star Wars. Star Wars will never die. It's a cash cow that keeps bleeding money. We're going to see Star Wars forever. And I love it. But we're not going to have episodes forever. No, the saga has to end at some point. Well, okay, tell us a little bit about your uh, personal experience with mm, Star Wars. Just like Star Wars can't go on forever episodes, my life can't go on forever in the past. Because there was a point where I was born and my life started. From that point on, <laughs> I have been a Star Wars fan. From the womb? From the womb, maybe. Um, I definitely remember as a child watching the VHSs over and over again of the original trilogy. I remember just looking at the boxes and one of them had Yoda on it. One of them had um, a Stormtrooper on it and one of them had Darth Vader on it. And they came in this cool box set. And I loved watching them over and over again. And then I watched episode one on DVD. We were an early adapter of DVD in my household. I think my dad won a DVD from a work party, like a DVD player from a work party. So I got to view episode one in glorious uh, DVD format. Mwah. Life-changing. Yes. And then I remember going and seeing episode two and three in the theaters, which were really big experiences for me. I remember loving episode two coming out and um at the time i was a kid and i had like this comic book series i would draw and i totally ripped off star wars and there was a whole saga about how this bunny character that i created wanted to create clones to fight a war amazing <laughs> and it was called i definitely remember watching episode three in theaters but i might have not made it to episode two in theaters episode three in theaters was a big point for me because it was one of the first movies that was rated pg-13 that my parents let me go see i was like ooh. I'm old and edgy now, just like burnt crispy Anakin. And then, after that, Star Wars was over, we thought. But then, television came into play. I remember watching the Star Wars Clone Wars micro-series. This is actually in between Episode 2 and 3. Sorry, my timeline's messed up a bit. But I remember watching just the micro-series. I remember watching the micro-series on Cartoon Network. They're like five-minute episodes by uh, Jim D. Tarkovsky same guy who did Samurai Jack and Dexter's Laboratory. And I was like, wow, Star Wars is cool. I really like it. But then episode three came and Star Wars was really over. Until 2008 came around. Star Wars The Clone Wars was now a movie. I was excited. I went to see it with my dad. It was animated and it didn't star anybody from the original movies except for um, Christopher Lee still played Count Dooku. Oh my gosh, amazing. But only in the movie, not in the rest of the show. And I watched the show, and I said, that was bad. I mean, I watched the movie, and it was bad. And I was like, okay. So I'd never watched the show. And then I just got my fix of Star Wars through Star Wars Battlefront 2 on the PlayStation 2 and Lego Star Wars on the PlayStation 2. Loving them Lego antics. But Disney came along 
and rebooted Star Wars with The Force Awakens, and I got super into it again, and I delved in, and I had an amazing theatrical experience. I don't know how many times I saw that movie in the theaters. And I said, I need to get more of Star Wars. So I said, I'm going to try the Clone Wars TV series again. And I did, and I got all the way through, and it's amazing. I love that show. Then I was like, there's still more Star Wars. And at the time, new canon was just happening. So I said, now's the perfect time for me to start reading Star Wars comics and Star Wars novels. And they keep making them, and I keep trying to read them, but I don't read as fast as they make them, Tyler. There's a lot out there, and I have barely made a dent. But I really enjoy seeing the world through different sides, through print and through comics. Then Star Wars Rebels came out, and I watched that all the way through, and it was great. Then Star Wars Resistance TV show came out, and I'm watching it because it's the second season, and they said this is going to be the last season. And I said, okay, the show's fine. It's not as good as the other two, but I guess I'll just watch it to the end because I'm already in the last season, even though it's season two. And now I'm super hyped for episode nine. Thank you. This has been my TED Talk. Okay, well, that's your timeline of exposure to Star Wars content. But, and you've spent a lot of time on doing that, so don't go on too much longer. <laughs> but in a quick couple sentences, what does Star Wars mean to you? Oh. Why is it important and significant in your life? Okay, well, I saw the term Star Wars personal history, and I said, okay, history, timelines, let's go. But Star Wars has been really fun. I've been a lifelong Star Wars fan. Love delving into everything I can get my hands on that is Star Wars and pouring over these and just really having a fun time with the series. Awesome. All right. Well, before we jump into more Star Wars talk, should we take a break to play another game? Only if it's a Star Wars related game. Well, you're in luck. I've prepared a game for us called Movie by Line, and it's super simple. I'm going to give you a line of dialogue, and you have to tell me which movie, Star Wars movie, it's from. Oh, so it's not going to be like, this movie is Citizen Kane. No. It's going to be like, this movie is just as good as Citizen Kane, and it's called Solo, A Star Wars Story. Precisely. Okay. This is a two-point game, so I'm going to give you the line, and if you can give me the correct answer, which would be... Wait, the correct answer is the movie it's from, right? Well, that's the catch. You can actually get two points if I read you the line, and you can tell me both the movie it's from and who says it. Oh. But... If you don't think you can get that, that's okay. You don't have to get the bonus point. You can ask for a hint. I'll give you the character that says it, and then you just have to give me the movie. Okay, so the character name so, is my hint, but like, it can also be a bonus It's really point. the bonus point, so I'll give you that chance first to get that and the bonus, but it's okay if you don't. Okay, I understand completely, so and you I'm would ready to play. And the total would still be at a six, so this would be playing for like extra credit. Okay, so I can possibly get 12 out of you 6. You could get 12 out of 6. That's something I could be proud of and put on the fridge. Mm -hmm. But be careful because, you know, somebody might say this line in more than one movie. Or it might be a different character that says it. And You're if it's not... tell me there's trick questions on this one? No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, even if you give me an answer that could be correct, like somebody says it, a different person says it, or they say it in a different movie, if it's not the one that I've written down... I will have no way to fact check it, and it'll automatically be considered wrong. So like, but there's no like super generic ones like "May the Force be with you" or anything like that. It's like, okay, these are pretty specific instances. Like McClunky. Yes. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Number one. Here's the line. When I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. This is Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. It's said by Count Dooku to Yoda. 
That is incorrect. What? This is from A New Hope, and Darth Vader says it to Obi-Wan Kenobi. No, Dooku says that to Yoda on episode two, too. It's like poetry. It, it rhymes. rhymes. Wow. Well, if it's not the one that I have on here, it's automatically considered incorrect. You should have gone for the hint. Ugh. Your pride was your downfall. I knew I was. Now I'm thinking about it, and I may not be right. It, my pride is my downfall. Okay, let's keep going. Just like Anakin. Ooh. It's like poetry. I rhyme. Here's line number two. In time, the suffering of your people will persuade you to see our point of view. Okay, so clarification question. If I ask, is this said by this person, and I get it wrong, does that count as my hint? Let's go with no. I okay. don't know. I'm is this said this by up. Tarkin? No, it's not. Okay, then who's it said by? Newt Gunray. Oh, Newt Gunray. Oh, it's episode one. Yeah, Phantom Menace, baby. You know, all that titillating excitement about trade, trade blockades. blockades and tariffs and shit. I wish there was more of that in the sequel trilogy, and that's an honest that's an honest statement. Hot take over here. <laughs> I need okay. to know more about the like bureaucracy of the galaxy at this point in time, and I'm lost. That's one thing we all mocked the prequels for okay line number three there was more of it in the sequel trilogy. it appears that you are to be the main course at a banquet in my honor what? i don't remember this line at all okay um who says it c3po okay episode six yeah return of the jedi the I ewoks are about to eat han yep, solo yep, yep. okay I, I was thinking like maybe it's episode five when they have that big table with darth vader but no i'm glad all right you, ha- you have two points now two out of six yep Here's line number four. Be mindful of your thoughts, Anakin. They'll betray you. Okay, this is... I'm just thinking out loud here. It's either episode one or two. I'm thinking... Okay, I'm going to try this. Does Qui-Gon say it? Oh, you used my commitment to get around this. Okay, no, Qui-Gon doesn't say it. Okay. Okay. Um, Episode two, Obi-Wan... Ding, ding, ding. Two yeah. points. There you go, baby. All right. Now you've caught up because now you have four points correct, and we're about to move on to the fifth question. Okay. So it's like you have 100% so far. Well, it's true. That's the power of the bonus so question. That's how we grade on a curve. All right. Question number or line number five. Someday I will be the most powerful Jedi ever. Anakin Skywalker, episode one. Anakin Skywalker, episode two. Do I get the point for the character? I'll give you the point for the character. Okay. Yep, here we go. Five out of five. Last line. Here we go. The line is McClunky. McClunky. But it's not the redu- it's not the Disney Plus version of A New Hope. Oh, it's okay. said I another know it point. It's episode one Sebulba. Yes, it is. Episode one Sebulba. <laughs> Ryan, for another bonus point, can you tell me what McClunky means? I, I don't speak Cuddy, sorry. <laughs> I read the article, and it says that McClunky, it's really two words. It's ma-clunky. Like my clunky? <laughs> and it's not like clunky. It's spelled like, you know, weird and Star Wars-y. But it means this will be the end of you. That makes no sense. Why does he... Because uh, Greedo's expecting Cause Greedo's gonna to say, kill him? Yeah. Oh. But... Gre- like it's Greedo being like, haha, you won't die, Han. Pride came before the fall for Greedo, too. Yep. It's it's poetry. It rhymes. McClunky. McClunky. Wow, that was a lot of fun. Do we need to explain McClunky to the listeners, or do you think they'll get it? 
I mean, if you don't know McClunky by now, you better start Googling. Just Google shit. McClunky Star Wars. Disney Plus. You'll get there. And you'll be able to get in on a joke with us. Thank you for that fun game, Tyler. Yeah, that was a good time. Yeah. So, um, hey, it's been a long time since we preview reviewed anything, Tyler. You're right. We've I just feel been like playing games. I th- I th- and also giving a personal timeline of our own life history. Yeah, that time when he didn't have a refrigerator. <laughs> Let's go ahead and jump into reviewing to preview for Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Nice! This movie gets released on December 20th and is directed by J.J. Abrams, who directed Episode 7, The Force Awakens, which is kind of interesting because, you know, he's going, he's like doing the first installment and the third installment of a trilogy, but he didn't direct the middle one. It's mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Well, it's like, um... He didn't finish the trilogy in Star Trek either. He directed right. Star Trek and Star Trek Into Darkness, but then he left and didn't do Star Trek yeah. Beyond. But it's interesting because episodes four, five, and six each had a different director. Um, so it'll be interesting that this is like he's beginning and ending, but didn't have control over the middle. Mm-hmm. But that's not a slight to Ryan Johnson because episode eight was great. Well, I am really interested You're not, in this because J.J. Abrams... Screw all the haters. J.J. Well, Abrams is a great person to bring in at the beginning because he's a great person to like... He's a big TV producer. He likes to set up a lot of things that other people can solve. But now he's being brought back. And he has to execute. And he's like, oh shit, I don't know. Like, Ray's yeah. parents? I thought we'd solve that in 8, but I guess people don't like that answer. Do I have to give a different answer in 9? Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. So. Mystery box. Ooh, now the turntables. But, yeah. And as mentioned, J.J. Abrams has also directed Star Trek 2009 and Star Trek Into Darkness. And other movies like Super 8, but... Mission Impossible 3. You know, he... I think we've named all the J.J. Abrams movies. Yeah, and he, he is a great director and producer, um, but it's th- this is kind of an interesting project for him. I think this... Of all his projects, I feel like this kind of puts him in a, the trickiest spot mm-hmm. with everything I've he's re- done so far. I've read interviews where he said that Episode 4 is his favorite movie, which makes sense because when you watch Episode 7, it's, it's very, very much very like similar. Episode 4. And then I've also read interviews where... He is praising episode eight, saying, I love that Ryan Johnson film. I loved how he made it his own because when I made episode seven, I was still in the mindset of I need to stick to Star Wars and I know what Star Wars is and it has to be like this. But then episode eight came out and he's like, that's not what I thought Star Wars was at all and it's great. So I'm hoping that has opened his mind to like see the many possibilities that Star Wars can be. And he can and, blend that together, too. It can come yeah. full circle within the saga, but it can also continue on its new path that has been set forth. Exactly. Um, and as for the cast in this movie, we got all the heavy hitters. Daisy Ridley, Adam Driver, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, Kelly Marie Tran, Ian McDermott, Anthony Daniels, Juna Suatamo, Billy D. Williams, Carrie Fisher, Carrie Russell, Lupita Nyong'o, Domhnall Gleeson, Mark Hamill, Naomi Aki, Dominic Moynihan, Billy Lord, Richard E. Grant, and Jeff Garland, the dad from the Goldbergs. I like that. Do you think he's actually in as a person, or do you think he voices like an alien? I feel like he could voice like a comic relief alien Oh, kind of like Uncarplut? Yeah. Like how Simon Pegg is in yeah. Force Awakens? Uh, it's JJ's done it before. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, this... Uh, this movie, Rise of Skywalker, has had three different, I guess, promotional 
like media media release so far. One is well, not like a poster, but well, like, like a, you know, the first one was a teaser, teaser, then D twenty three, and the third one was a trailer. Yes. So there's really only final one trailer. trailer. But it says final trailer in the title of the video. But it's also the only trailer. First and final trailer. That's how it is. It's the Alpha and Omega of Rise of Skywalker trailer. Wow. Um, Alright, so what do we see in the teaser? Um, This is the one where she jumps over the TIE, right? Yeah, she's in the desert. She runs away from a TIE fighter and then does a backflip over it. And then she hugs Carrie Fisher and a single tear falls down her cheek. And I cried. She hugs her in every trailer, right? Yeah, but this is the first time I saw it and I cried. Oh, I cry every time. Me too. Um, there's this cool shot of Kylo fighting those guys on the red planet. That we never see in any of the it's other trailers. It's not in the other ones. It's, and it's just great. in this one. There's also the shot of Kylo, um fixing his helmet repairing the helmet that he broke in mm-hmm. episode eight but then it's interesting because all the like i'm pretty sure all the other shots of kylo we see in the other two he's not wearing his helmet so That's they show point. him fix his helmet and then we don't see him wear the helmet but in all the toys he has the helmet and exactly the they had lines. to do it for the merch well i think when i first saw this i was like oh you're having him rebuild the helmet that he broke in episode eight are you just trying to undo episode eight but then i thought no Think about the trajectory of Kylo Ren, the whiny bitch. Episode 7. He has the helmet on. Literally everyone in the movie is like, take that stupid helmet off, you child. Episode 8. He finally does. He destroys it. And he's like, I'm a big tough guy now. See, I took off the helmet and destroyed it. Episode 9. He's in charge now. Snoke's dead. He's the top dog. He's like, fuck you guys. I like my helmet. I'm, I'm putting it back on. I'm wearing a goddamn helmet. It makes sense. You know, now that you put it that way, <laughs> I see it. Plus, it looks cool, and if I was going to get a Kylo Ren doll, it would probably be an episode 9 one. Well, also, they can't fucking get Adam Driver's face right on any of the merch, so you kind of have to get the fucking masked <laughs> one, or you're just, like, getting this weird, Rude. like, knockoff-looking shit. He looks like handsome Squidward. <laughs> he does. <laughs> um, Yeah, but that's kind of the teaser stuff is very... Oh, we also see... The shot that they have where it's like, um, I'm going to use our actor names because I can't do that that quickly. John Boyega and Oscar Isaac. And they're like oh, looking Finn out. Finn and Poe. Finn and Poe. There you go. Finn. Because he was a stormtrooper. FN. Finn. I mean, yep, yep, yep. It's all coming back to me now. They're looking out and they see like the big like Coachella looking like campground yeah. festival. What's going on We don't that see that line? again, but we do see like the little yellow firework again later and they're like on that desert planet so basically they go to like the star wars version of like coachella or burning man and then they use like all the fireworks and shit to like fight the first order which is that's what we're saying is happening and (laughs) it's 100 true like it's this very intense gritty like dramatic storyline of like ray and kylo and then fucking poe and finn are just like raving on like some (laughs) desert planet and then the final battle just comes to them and they like lost their weapons because they were like drinking so much so they just have to go like steal fireworks and shit and just use what they can i love it it's a very Um, like fred and george weasley move um is there anything else in the teaser that we haven't heard on that is that's what i'm trying to think through i think that's kind of the basic that's the main oh it's also the first time that we saw like it ends with them approaching and seeing the ruins of the death star where we get that like this is going to somehow tie back to this events of mostly probably Return of the Jedi, but mm-hmm. essentially the, the original, original trilogy. trilogy. Um, on the rainy water planet. That yeah, cool. that looks so cool. And they're going to have a big fight. That's like it. the only thing I said out loud to you while we watched that trailer was like, <laughs> dude, this ocean planet looks so cool. 
Maybe it's Camino. <laughs> Probably not Camino. <laughs> Com- I, I Com- hope not. Um, for those uninitiated, Camino is the planet in episode two where they make all the clones. Um, next, we have the D23 trailer, which is basically just um, half of the trailer is, hey, you like Star Wars, right? Because it's just shots of every other single Star Wars movie. Yeah. Until we get to the new footage. Well, and it, I mean, to be fair, it is, this is like capping off the legacy of nine movies of Star yeah. Wars. Plus, like, it was shown to like a room full of Star Wars fans. So you're going to get them amped with yeah. something. So this one has, um, what's different about this one? It has red-eyed C-3PO. Yeah. Or he's like turning into a killer robot, maybe. When I saw that, the first thing I thought of was, um, there's this character in the Darth Vader comics that's just like an evil C-3PO, except for, like, he's black, and all he wants to do is kill people, and it's, he's, like, a comic relief character in the comics. Yikes. So I said, ooh, that could be fun. But yeah. I don't think that's what's going to happen in the movie. I think that, you know, C-3PO and R2-D2 are going to have some sort of integral role in this movie because they're kind of, like, the characters that have been through the whole, like, all the movies. So they have, mm-hmm. like, this wealth of knowledge about, like, so much well history. C-3PO's mind got wiped yeah, after episode three. But maybe it's still deep down in there. Okay. You know what I mean? Like maybe they can ex- maybe they can use them to extract some sort of information. That's what I'm thinking. Like, like they're using his powerful database because he's like this walking, talking. He's a protocol master guy. and computer. He was made by Anakin. And maybe there's some way that they can use something that's like within his system to assist them in some yeah. way. Um, I'm really glad to see C-3PO take more of a like integral role in this film because both C-3PO and R2 have kind of been like afterthoughts in these new movies. So far, yeah. Kind of like, we're going to have them there, but look at BB-8. He's so cute. I really like BB-8. I do like BB-8. BB-8 is my uh, avatar on Disney+. Plus. What's Mine's your... Russell from Up. Oh, little Boy Scout boy. Back to Star Wars. <laughs> um, This one also has dark... Ray, the internet went crazy for Dark Ray. It's not gonna happen. Dark Ray is a lie. Dark Ray, and they shot that just for the trailer, Ryan. Doesn't this one also have? What if it's not in the fucking movie? Yeah, has that Palpatine laugh at the end? So this is where the first sets of worry came in for me. I saw Dark Ray and I saw the evil Palpatine laugh, and I thought, oh no, is this really gonna happen? And then I thought, no, it's probably just some Force vision, and I wrote it off. But then the poster came out that had evil Papa Palpatine looming over them and I was like this poster mm, I don't know about it because I don't know how I feel about Palpatine returning to Star Wars when he hasn't really been in Star Wars for this trilogy yeah I don't know how I feel about it but I also the another villain needs to come in somehow because I'm I'm firm on the fact that this is a Kylo Ren redemption story I'm fully sold on that and I can't just settle for now Kylo's a bad guy and Rey's a good guy and they're going to fight and one of them's going to win. Like, somebody well, else needs to enter the equation so that we can flesh out the rest of Kylo's arc. And if well, it is... That's why Dark Rey's there. If it's Palpatine, there. then God, the flip-flop would be a nightmare. <laughs> I would die. Um, so Palpatine, like, is a choice. I, I can't comment on whether it's a good choice or a bad choice because... To be honest, it's just about how they execute it. Mm-hmm. Like, they could do it in a way that's really powerful and meaningful and, like, has this message behind it of, like, how evil can, you know, lay dormant but maintain its power. 
and that could be cool or they could be like what up ghost palpatine coming to you from the afterlife and i'm gonna fuck shit up well and it would be like totally mishandled and bad if they do that i will be so upset because sith can't become force ghosts the way jedi can yep um they can become ghost ghosts like spooky haunted ghosts yeah like the ones we usually see in our movies not like the hey i'm the wise old mentor they have like a sheet over their head but no this yeah (laughs) palpatine's walking around with a sheet over his head but they can like haunt a place or an object that's been seen in this, and that's why I think it's so the vital that Death the Death Star, Star's back. Yeah. So maybe this and we see the place throne. just has a lot of like dark energy surrounding it, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. But the vision of Dark Ray with the weird lightsaber, it looks cool, but I'm also like, what implications does this have? How real is this? Is it a costume? Maybe she's just cosplaying as a Sith. And honestly, truly. Like, this is what I keep coming back to. If that was going to be a reveal on, like, an Essential Party movie, it wouldn't be in the D23 first look. They're not going to spoil Rey becoming a freaking Sith Lord at D23 months before the movie comes out. That's That'd be one of the craziest turns what if of any Star Wars movie. Dark Rey is the last scene of Episode 9. It's like a post credit scene. It's like... That um... movie ends and Rey is good and everything's... Fantastic, and then post credits, it's just that clip, and that's it. And it says, "Dark Ray, the series coming to you oh, on Disney no. Plus in 2022." Oh, no. And if you want to know how she got this way, you got to watch us. Subscribe <laughs> for the last ten minutes. No, it's not even a follow-up series. It, the movie ends before it actually ends, and it says for the last ten minutes oh, of the movie, you have like to subscribe short... to Disney Plus. Oh my god! Wow, <laughs> that's next level here are all the ways that disney could fuck up star wars by commodifying it they too would not much. make as much money as they wanted to if they did that <laughs> people would pirate the shit out of that scene on disney plus oh yeah um so now we're at the final trailer right what's yes. new in this one? Oh, we haven't talked about lando at all and he's been in all three of these trailers oh yes lando's back original lando billy d williams can't wait he's great and that's it that's all we have to say Cool. The final trailer. Well, I mean, if you want to add to it, I was just trying to wrap up our thoughts. Well, no, I think... Well, yeah, Lando's back. That's cool. But that's all we see of him in the trailer. Mm-hmm. He's flying the Falcon. Cool. Yeah. And it is important to mention that I think that there have been statements and interviews and things like that that I did get a lot of good footage that they are that's usable of Carrie Fisher for this film. Oh, yeah. So she's in the movie even though this is... I think was majorly produced and... Well, all of the footage releasing after her death. that is of Carrie Fisher... I think it's from episode 8. It's from episode 7 or 8. Yeah. So they had to kind of restructure that, but I think that they'll be able to do it well, I hope. Um, I, I hope they'll... I think they can do it well. They've said that they're not going to do any of that weird CGI, like making this person back to life thing. Right. Like, have you heard about this James Dean thing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, for those of you who haven't heard... There's this movie studio out there who's going to make a movie starring James Dean in 2019. They're bringing him back to life with CGI, and it's an atrocity. But they're not doing that with Star Wars and Carrie Fisher, which I'm really happy about. It's all original footage, and I don't know. I think it'll be cool. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I'm excited that Billy Dee's back. Um, That kind of has a larger implication for the story of Star Wars as a whole, because at the end of Episode Eight. They called out for anybody to help them, and no one came. Well, exactly. That's where I wanted to get to with the plot of this, is like, at the end of episode eight, this is a rough, rough time for the Resistance. And yet, when all this action in the trailer is Resistance fighters and 
mm-hmm. people. I mean, it looks smaller than it has in the past, but there's energy well, around. It's definitely bigger the than the end of episode eight. Exactly. So, like, what is the catalyst that helps get them mm-hmm. from where where we are at the end of the Last Jedi to where we are at mm-hmm. in Rise of Skywalker? And I'm I'm really just excited to see that because that I think ties back to the main messages of Star Wars, which is like hope and family and resilience and like a resistance can like spark from a little cell yeah um i'm also interested okay going kind of off book to star wars resistance the tv show there is a resistance cell out there at this time and they didn't show up they haven't told us why in star wars resistance yet because they haven't gotten to that point in the timeline yet but I'm interested to see how that can tie in into the movie as well. Maybe we'll see Characters their the ship show. at least show yeah. up because, like, we've seen ships from the TV shows come into the movies before. Well, speaking of ships, that shot in the final, the actual trailer with a Millennium Falcon leading a massive armada. Armada. Woo! It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Um, and, I mean, we actually have the antithesis of that as a shot in the D23 first look where we see the massive armada of Star Destroyers, which is also a very impressive shot. It's cool. Um, so, we're going to get some, I think, some sick space battles in Rise of Skywalker. And You know what we haven't wait. talked about yet? What? Is the space horses. Ooh, they ride in horses. And I think it looks cool. It's just so they can put Old Town Road in the movie. <gasps> wow. I'm going to take my horse to the Old Town Star Wars road. <laughs> oh, another mashup, finally. You do the Star Wars theme song, and I'll do Old Town No, road. that's not happening. It'll be the that... next Lil Nas X remix. <laughs> oh my gosh. He'll sample us. Um, what else is in the new trailer? Um, sad C-3PO looking at my friend's goodbye yeah. scene. Well, that was another thing, too. I was going to say earlier when we were discussing C-3PO was like, in the past, he's been so kind of like, what is it? Like, you know, aloof. Well, he's a like a comic relief character. He's a comic relief, but the way that he's funny is by being like, I don't know, basically a fucking nerd, right? Like, or he's but been now he's oblivious. Being, like oblivious or like, but also just like by the book, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think this is a good idea, blah, blah, blah. And now it's like, we see him being sentimental. Mm-hmm. And that's like, feels like kind of a new thing. Like, we know that he's been a part of the journey and we feel sentimental towards him. If he has a gender. <laughs> um, but we've never really had C-3PO be sentimental towards, like, the rest of our posse. And that feels mm-hmm. kind of cool to, like, see that. Yes. And it's also interesting to note that the music playing during this scene is Yoda's theme. I don't know if you caught that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. And it's just pulling at your heartstrings more. And because you hear that music and you go, oh, Yoda. But you don't know. That's, like, a subconscious thing. Oh, and all then- the... Yeah, all the themes are the so subconscious now. Are, like, and that try like the slowed down version of the main theme that it does. It just repeats over and over. Dun, like, dun. Yeah. Um, but so it's good. all just playing to like get you to feel. All these trailers, they're really good at like not showing you the plot but giving you the feel of the movie. Right. And I think they do that through the use of like these broken down and like revamped versions of classic Star Wars music For that sure. like feed on our knowledge and nostalgia of these music mm-hmm. pieces um in the final trailer we also get our first taste of palpatine dialogue that's not the yes, last new. um you're coming together will be your undoing and if they're not fucking talking about ray and kylo teaming up 
I'm going to cry. Well, I think that's what they want you to think is happening. And I don't, I can't think of any other thing that would happen. Well, it, he could just be talking about like the coming together of like the resistance fighters. That's true. In general. But I, we God, also, I hope it's fucking Kylo and But Rey. we also get to see more of the Kylo Ray fight on the water. And she's like, you don't know who I am. Kylo's like, I do, mm-hmm. because they have that weird connection where they're like, we're going to touch each other through Force Rain in Episode 8, mm-hmm. which was really cool, yeah. and he doesn't have a shirt on, and spawned a... millions of memes. Um, but then we, and then we have the Luke line that comes through during that, which is like, confronting fear is the destiny of the Jedi, mm-hmm. your destiny. And then Leia finishes that line. Oh, yeah. So it all ties together. Yeah. We also get to see maybe a fight inside the throne room, it looks like, with Rey and some kind of spirit form. It's hard to see. It's not really fully in view of the camera of Palpatine. Maybe he's, like, possessing his cloak again or something. I don't know what's happening, but at this point, I've already bought my ticket. I'm going to go see this thing. Yeah, I'm I'm so stoked. And basically, like, there's just been little bits of pieces in every single trailer or, you know, teaser that's been released that has just, you know... We've had a little bit of our doubts of just like, hmm, that's an interesting thing to like include in the trailer. But I'm confident that like when it's all pieced together in the final film, it's going to be fantastic. It, I'm, I'm, yeah, sorry. I'm trying to articulate that if this movie is not good, I'm probably going to be devastated. Yeah. But I don't think it's not going to be good because I've put so much trust in this story group and they've proven time and time again that they can produce good quality films. Right. I really enjoyed episode seven and episode eight is one of my favorite Star Wars movies. So all they got to do is stick the landing perfectly. How easy is that? I mean, it was probably pretty difficult for them. It's but probably I, fucking hard. But I think, they, I think they're going to do it. I'm really confident that this will be a good movie. Um, you know, no bias at all seeing my personal Star Wars history, but Yeah, I'm just super pumped and excited, and all they have to do is show me three atmospheric trailers. So, Tyler, I think that was enough trailer talk. You know, we are a movie trailer podcast, but we're much more than that. We're a movie trailer podcast that plays games. I love games. So, for this game, it's called Better or Worse. We will each take turns proposing a possible switch to the Star Wars movies. And the other person will say, that change makes things better because of this. And then give a quick response that's snappy and funny and makes everyone at home enjoy listening to this podcast. Wow, thanks for revealing our motivations. Yes, we just want to make you happy, we people. We just want to please you. Um, and we'll go back and forth. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. Okay. Who's going first? Maybe it'll make more sense once we go through a round. Okay. Because if that doesn't make sense to you at home, listener, well, you can't tell us because you're not in the room with us. But maybe it will make more sense after we play. So, Tyler, I'm going to propose the first switch up to you. All right. You ready for this? Tyler, would episode one be better or worse if Dexter Jexter was in it? Dexter Jexter being the character that owns the diner in episode two kind of comes out of nowhere i think here's my qualification episode one would be worse because dexter dexter is kind of just like an expositionary character and there's already like a ton of times where episode one gets bogged down in exposition 
so we don't need to do that. But if he was episode one, then episode two would be better because we would establish this character already in the previous. He's film. already beloved so much in episode two. Would he be more beloved if he was in two movies? Yeah, so episode two would get better, but episode one as a film would be much worse. Where would you put him if you had to? Like, where would the best place for him to be? Like, though? maybe. Like, do you think he still owns like that Qui Gon? Yeah, like Qui Gon and Obi Wan take Anakin out to like breakfast or something, and he like <laughs> serves it. them and like tells goes, Anakin some of the like cool things about the Jedi. Oh, maybe like he reveals like a fun backstory between Qui Gon and Obi Wan. Yeah, like a fun adventure. Or maybe, and then when he and then when he walks away, Obi Wan says. That man has the most midichlorians of any other creature in the universe. But don't tell him, or else he'll be too powerful. <laughs> we have to just make him make our sausage and eggs, and that's all he can do. Okay, here's my switch up for you. This is this is a lot to take in, so take your time breaking this down. Okay, okay. Does Return of the Jedi get better or worse if the Ewoks are entirely not in the movie? Ooh. Um, that's an interesting question. Ewoks mainly, like, in the Star Wars movie lore, are only in Episode 6. Fun fact, did you know they never call them Ewoks in Episode 6? We just know they're Ewoks. We just know. That's how powerful Star Wars is. But would it get better or worse if they weren't in it? So much time is devoted to the Ewoks in Episode 6. Yeah. It's their planet. C-3PO's their god. It's canon that they... Eight stormtroopers. They played drums on their heads. I don't think it would be better without them. Because they fill up the planet. What would replace the Ewoks if they weren't there? They bring a lovable nature to it, but they also have this dark side to them. They give the planet character through like its inhabitants. It's not just the woods somewhere. It shows that all parts of the galaxy are being oppressed by... The Empire, and they want to fight back too. It also gives a lot of fun comic relief, and I don't know. It's just really hard for me to picture an episode six without the Ewoks. All right, I like it. Yeah, we're keeping it the same. Tyler, would it be better or worse if Snoke was actually revealed to be Darth Jar Jar in episode eight? Much worse. <laughs> so much worse. Please elaborate. I mean, while as a much younger fellow, I miss Jar Jar being in the other movies as I've grown and come to learn not only how unnecessary he is in the episode one, but also problematic as a representation. Who is he I, supposed to represent? Dude, he has like a super racist Jamaican accent like the whole freaking time. Oh, I never saw it as Jamaican. Honestly, I just saw that that's how the Gungans talk, because all the Gungans talk that way. Yeah, that's the problem. He never says, like, you want to get high, mom? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, no, I just don't think Plagueis needs to be bogged down with that backstory. But doesn't that make the lore of Star Wars so much more fun and expansive if we brought back this key character from the prequels, twisted him and made him the villain of episode 8? No. <laughs> That's the right answer. <laughs> All right, Ryan. Here's my question to you. Does The Empire Strikes Back get better or worse if Han Solo is just 
flat out executed at the end and not frozen in carbonite and has no chance of returning in episode six. Interesting. I think the Empire Strikes Back did better, but I think episode six has a lot to deal with now and needs to change some things around. It also messes up episode seven. So for a series as a whole, it probably is a detriment if Han dies at the end of episode five. But I think it makes the hopelessness, hopelessness and like the feeling that we're on our own and we're down and out so much stronger if there's no chance of getting Han back at all in episode five. So I think it makes episode five stronger, but the franchise as a whole weaker. Nice. I like that. Okay, Tyler, my final question to you. Would the original trilogy be better if General Grievous never died and was actually still around in 4, 5, and 6? I think... I think the original trilogy gets worse. Does I it don't change how you view episode 3 at all, too? That could it be does change how you view episode 3, but I just don't think that you need this other villain in the original trilogy because Vader and the Emperor are so great. And Tarkin. Then you have like the em- like the Empire villains of like Tarkin and like the bureaucracy, and then you have like Boba Fett who's also there, and Jabba, mm-hmm. who are like villains in their mm-hmm. own right. Like, I just don't think you need to add in this other like element. Plus, I think like Grievous like uses lightsabers, and the Jedi mm-hmm. are just much more like mythologized in the original trilogy, and I think that like having this other, like, random robot dude that uses lightsabers would, like, take that a little bit away from Hmm. that. That's my answer. Cool. But does it make Episode 3 better or worse if Grievous lives? Episode 3 would be worse. It would definitely be worse. Yeah. Because Grievous is only introduced in Episode 3, and if he just survives and isn't in the original trilogy, where'd he go? Yeah. If he has that whole fight sequence with Obi-Wan, what's the point? Yeah, I just don't think... If he's not going to return, then it doesn't matter that he lives. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Here is my final question to you, Ryan. Does The Phantom Menace get better or worse if Anakin is just like five years older? Hmm. Now, let me me establish this. He's older physically and in appearance, but you can't change any of the lines or the delivery that he gives. So it's just an older person doing the exact same performance. Is Anakin the only one that gets aged up, or does everyone in the movie also get aged Anakin up? Anakin only gets aged up. Okay, I think it gets better then. Okay. I think it actually benefits the series as a whole. Um, it makes more sense for the Anakin-Padme romance. We just close the gap of time in between episodes 2 and 3. It makes more sense why Obi-Wan and Anakin feel like brothers by episode 2, because they're closer in age. Um, it makes the mentor dynamic kind of more strained and that can be seen in episode three better so i think it makes the franchise as a whole a lot better and you can't fix the dialogue and the script that's just it makes the franchise better but i think phantom menace in and of itself would be worse because you'd be like why is this weird 15 year old giving such like child like rudimentary performance (laughs) well i can't fix how people act exactly but it would also be like he should be older than he is but it would be terrible no um so that means this 15-year-old is just hanging out with a bunch of, like, 7-year-olds, like, building oh, that's pod awkward. racers. That's also a problem. Like, the guy who's like, you're so wizard, Annie. Like, 
why is the seven-year-old hanging out with the 15-year-old? Like, why are only, like, why are all of 15-year-old Anakin's friends, like, children? Why, why doesn't he have people his own age to connect with? No wonder he's like, Padme, you're an angel, and Obi-Wan, let's be cool friends, because they're the only people around that are his age. <laughs> that has been oh, better or game. worse. That's oh, the end yeah, of the game. Okay. We did it. Yeah. I thought you might have one more for me. I don't but... have any more. That's it. Well, I actually really like that game. I think we need to figure out a better way to close it up, but we had fun. Well, I'm sorry. That was just my confusion because I thought there might be more, but that's the end of it, but it was great. So Yeah. All right. Well, first of all, let's get this out of the way. The Rise of Skywalker is the trailer that we love the most this week and the movie that we talked about this week that we're most excited to see because it's yeah. the only trailer we talked about today. You win, J.J. Abrams. Also would probably be true against, like, literally any other movie that we could cover. Yeah, so if you're, like, marking this at home to put it on our Wikipedia page, you can put an asterisk next to this one because it had no competition. But, it, but also another asterisk that says Cause it would have won, won, won against any other competition. <laughs> so congratulations, J.J. can be put into the winner's circle. All right, Ryan. We need something else to close out because that was too easy. So I'm just going to go ahead and jump to the question everybody asks when you talk about being a Star Wars fan. What is your personal ranking of the 10 Star Wars films so far? All the eight episodes of the saga that have been released and Rogue One and Solo A Star Wars Story. Well, I'm going a step beyond, Tyler. I'm ranking all 11 theatrically released Star Wars films, including the horrible Star Wars, the Clone Wars movie that's just three bad episodes of the series strung together and then thrown into the theaters. We'll start with number 11. Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, is definitely the worst movie in the entire franchise. And then coming at a close second, number 10 is Star Wars, the Clone Wars movie. Tyler, what's your number 10 pick? Because I know you haven't seen the Clone Wars movie, so that means yeah, you're like Yeah, I can only do out of 10. Movies. My number 10 pick is Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. We both agree this movie's garbage, but you... It has a great lightsaber battle, but everything else about the movie is trash. It gave us Christopher Lee. That's true. That's pretty cool. But, um, like, literally, like, elements of the dialogue, like performances like fundamental elements are bad so it's like yes. very on the surface like and a very bad the story is confusing oh yeah like it doesn't unnecessarily make sense. it only makes sense if you contextualize it within the larger star wars story and to do that you need the help of a six season television series that shouldn't be a rec like a caveat for your theatrically released film yeah or my number nine film is star wars episode one the phantom menace my number nine film is Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. This movie is better than Attack of the Clones, but it's still pretty bad. Um, there's a lot of bad CGI. It was the early, it was the late '90s, so they were pushing technology, but it doesn't hold up. Bad portrayals of racist caricatures. The story is confusing as well. It has to deal a lot with like trade federation. And I know I said that I want more of that in the sequel trilogy. But more, this one gets too bogged down. I would down. prefer the sequel trilogy not have any if it was going to be like episode one. Yeah. Your thoughts, Tyler? Um, like, it does so much poorly and then has an amazing final fight sequence with Darth Maul. That's true. The Qui -Gon. duel of the scene like, is so cool. So that piece it, like, of music's amazing. It goes way up. Darth Maul just as a character design is awesome. Exactly. Um, plus, it's a really fun movie to watch and laugh at. Yeah. So it has that going for it. Yeah, it's a very fun Star Wars movie. Mm -hmm. 
My number eight film is Solo, A Star Wars Story. My number eight film is Star Wars, Solo, A Star Wars Story. <laughs> Star Wars, A Solo Story. Um, I, this is where every movie on this list up, I enjoy these films and I think they're good films. This one just has to come in last. Yeah, I, same boat. Um, it's a fun story. It doesn't really have much affecting a major plot of the franchise. Um, I think Alden Ehrenreich and Donald Glover and Amelia Clark and Woody Harrelson all give great performances. Um, the Darth Maul cameo at the end was cool for me as a fan of the TV shows, but I know confused a lot of people out there who thought he died in episode one. So I think that doesn't need to happen. I think it's really cool that it's there, but it's like episode two. You have to watch the series to understand the movie. I don't think that that should ever be a thing. My, my main gripe about Solo is like the structuring of the narrative is a little weird to me. Um, the third act gets a little bit confusing and like, I don't know, just awkward, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and I prefer the pacing and like structure of other Star Wars narratives better than Mm -hmm. this. But I think I have a fun time with all the like elements within that story. Another weird thing about this movie is it's dark, like not like in theme, but in lighting. Like, it's really hard to see things that sometimes... And I'm like, like, literally, the, like, opening scene is, like, it this looks world like where nothing, like, has... The camera, like, nothing has light, and, like, they have to bring light into this building. Yeah, thing. so I'm like, why is that a choice? You can they didn't show have, a movie They didn't have the money for the CGI. They had to hide it all in darkness. Yeah. So, that's Solo number eight. My number seven film is Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. To, to do that cute thing anymore. No, my number seven is Rogue One. Oh. Okay, well, let me talk. Where's your, um, is, let's see, Rogue One is my number six, so if you want to talk about Rogue One now, we can. And number, my number six is episode three. So that's oh, so where we just have these both at the okay. same time. Ready? You talk about episode three, and I'll talk about Rogue One. So Rogue One is really cool because it has a gritty a look at the world of the war. And Anakin's mom is dead, but it's also like Padme's the Empire dying versus the Rebels. Okay, that's enough of that. No one can hear anything. Okay, I really appreciate episode three for the dynamic that it brings to Anakin and Obi-Wan. And they're like, it, this is the story George Lucas wanted to tell when he did the prequel trilogy. But somehow he had to make it three movies and the first two were shit. Yeah. that's And that's why I like it is like it finally gives meaning to these uh, this prequel trilogy that i'm just like why does this exist without this story Mm -hmm. um i think it kind of fumbles on some of the things i don't think padme had to die of a broken heart but you know Mm -hmm. these are the issues that are keeping it below rogue one for me like a lot of the like bad dialogue um some of the weird performances from hayden christensen and um natalie portman um are just interesting the weird Anakin visions things carried over from episode two, which is a thing that happens to Jedi, but I, it's not my favorite thing that happens to Jedi, and it's a very key thing in this movie. Yeah. General Grievous is really cool, but he's also like a living thing that is able to exist outside of a spaceship and walk around. He's just like augmented with droid parts. It's kind of ridiculous, but it's fun. Yeah, I think what puts Rogue One below episode three for me is again, like, I feel like while the setup that was like performed for episode three wasn't the best it felt like it had 
more context and more like production around executing it as a story whereas rogue one felt a little bit more like like again the more i I watch it like there are elements of it that should have been better because of where it lands within the canon and yet i don't think it executed on those well like why the heck does the force theme not play when chiru sacrifices himself like uttering i am one with the force and the force is one with me like there are some like very key elements where i'm like this could have been it's more of like i guess a potential thing like it could have been so executed so much better and the more i i loved it watching it in theaters the first time but the more i've rewatched it the more i'm like oh like here's how that could have been made like multiple times better interesting and so i feel like i just whereas revenge of the sith i'm like okay like every time like thank god this movie was cool because the other ones were so bad Mm -hmm. and like they actually did something with this and now i have like this cool story that leads into the original trilogy that's interesting because like for me that's how i feel about episode three about how you feel about rogue one like this is a really cool story and it's done like in a really cool way but it could have been done so much better Mm. and this story is like deepened and made better for me because of the story of the i keep going back to the anime series but the clone war series like makes you care about the character of Anakin. Right. And then seeing his downfall in this movie is much more impactful because of that series. Yeah. But that could have been told in the movies. It just wasn't done well. Right. I really like Rogue One because of, like, you're connecting with these characters and you care about it when they die. Like, when Chur is saying, I'm one with the Force and the Force is with me and he's dying, you're feeling for that because you're like, oh, I somehow made a connection with this character even though he's only been on screen for, like, 25 minutes. Yeah. And now I feel bad that he's dying. But you don't feel that way as much when Padme dies, I feel like, if you're mm. only watching the movies. Yeah. Yeah. But I respect your opinion, and I hope you respect mine. They're also, like, this isn't like uh, Rogue One like is trash and Episode 3 is so much no, better. No, I think they're both they're, like, really they're, good movies. And they're both, like, they're so close to each other. Exactly, so. that's how I feel. And these can flip-flop on any given day when I, it's like, do I feel like watching more of, like, rebel like fight movie or do i feel like watching more like anakin like jedi turmoil mm-hmm. and i could just have a different, different feeling around what i want day. to see mm-hmm. and enjoy one more than the other so cool. moving on to number five my number five pick is star wars episode six return of the jedi my number five pick is star wars episode seven the force awakens oh so we're still off page um is Where's Return of the Jedi for you? Next. Number four. Number four. That's where Force Awakens is for me. Wow. We're still flip-flopping. Okay. I think uh, number six comes in at number five because of how dissonant. The, like, it feels like there's two movies smushed together in one. Here. It, and I definitely do feel that way. The reason that I have episode six higher is just like it's the resolution of the original trilogy. Like it does so much to like mm-hmm. crown off Luke's hero's journey. Whereas episode seven like it still got me excited. It got me to fall in love with Star Wars all over again. But it was like the restart up of something and not, it didn't feel like the crowning achievement like episode mm-hmm. six. Like watching episodes four, five, and six is like an amazing trilogy. And so the way that episode six finishes it off is just so powerful yeah. and I love it. But I it does lo- feel weird. It's awkward at the beginning for sure. Mm-hmm. I love every piece of this movie. I love the Jabba's Palace sequence. I love the stuff with the Ewoks. I really, really enjoy the end with the throne room scene and, like, the, like, crazy lighting they do with Luke's face and the fight between him and Vader and the Emperor. That's, like, some of my favorite Star Wars stuff. But I don't feel like they mesh together well enough to have this movie rank higher in my list. 
I feel like Force Awakens is a consistent movie from the start to the end, and that's the reason it gets a little bit edged mm-hmm. up. It's a great story. I love how it brings everyone back into the fold, introduces you to new characters, it gets you reintroduced to the galaxy and where it is at this point, and that's the reason it edges slightly above yeah. Return for me. Nice. All right, this is we're in top three mode top three now. Top three territory. My number I'm, three. First film. of all, I'm just glad that we have the same three movies. Yeah, the top same three. top three. It would have been a. It, this makes it a lot easier to talk about since they're Wait, so close. Wait, I think we. I think we might have an identical, but maybe not. Okay, my number three is a new hope. My number three is a new hope. Let's talk about it. I um a new hope starts this franchise off rolling. It gets you pumped. I remember watching the VHS tape of those white hallways and those droids running through those blasters so many times. I don't know why I connected The two moons! It's the two moons. That's a great shot! the two suns. Oh, two suns, I'm sorry. The two suns on Tatooine. But I'm talking about way before that. In the, like, Tantive No, I know. I'm just saying, like, so many iconic shots like that that, like, just Mm -hmm. stick in your brain and stand out. Like, when I think of Star Wars. These aren't the droids you're looking for. Iconic things are happening. McClunky! McClunky! I enjoy McClunky because it makes it feel more fun and it gives it more of that prequel edge. Yeah, it it definitely has a little bit of these campy vibes to mm-hmm. it, just like the Jabba's Palace scene in Episode Six. What do you but, think about the um, it, added in Jabba scene with Han where he has to step on oh his tail? Oh my gosh! I think it's a lot of fun. It's kind of fun, and it adds to the story. But and it's just the classic like this ragtag group. I like that like Han Solo. Like I like that in in Episode Four. Han Solo is not this like mythologized hero that he becomes in the he's just the smuggler han solo and like going back to like who he was when he was introduced as a character is so much fun mm-hmm. and the trash compactor scene and, and how like obi-wan's Leia fight with darth vader and yeah how exactly badass she is she's like getting that trash bin furball yeah like kind of being rude but like loving it yeah like not giving a fuck that anyone's like i'm not i'm a prisoner and my home just got blown up but i'm still gonna do my best and like get these poor lackeys into shape yeah but we can talk about how good episode four is but let's jump to number two why is the last, the last jedi, jedi oh my number two pick. above episode four. Oh gosh it just does so many different things for star wars yeah like um, episode four is there in the top three and number three because it's so nostalgic and it it has a place in my heart it's but episode everything. eight is so much like just a little bit like edges it out because it takes all those things that we love and takes them in a slightly new direction and doesn't redouble down on top of them the thing about episode eight is that it sticks to its guns this movie's all about theme it's all about our heroes losing things it's the second part of the trilogy and it's all about like we'll talk about this more when we get to our number one pick episode five but episode eight does a great job of like introducing these different ideas and like struggles within the characters because they're down on their outlook and like things aren't the way they expected them to be and mm-hmm. that's how life works sometimes. and people forget the people that hate on episode eight forget that that's what episode five did too it took our heroes that were so successful and put them through something that was really difficult mm-hmm. and that's what episode eight did but they did it in a new way yeah episode eight excites me about episode nine it gets me ready for episode nine because episode seven felt a lot like a retread of episode four but episode eight is doing completely new things 
even though it has similar story beats to episode five. And I don't care about the physics of dropping bombs in space or shields and what that means for having the light speed through the ship. Like, I don't care about that stuff because this is Star Wars and I've already agreed that there can be ships that fly around in outer space yeah. and shoot lasers and make noise in space, which is a vacuum that shouldn't even exist anyways. And so I'm not going to get bogged down with all this shit just because... I want to like poke holes in a really yeah. great movie that does great things thematically and performance wise. I if think it's a fantastic this far film. In our podcast and watching Star Wars films and in your life, and you're still taking Star Wars this seriously. Like we're taking it seriously when we're talking about this, but we still recognize that Star Wars is a silly concept. And because it's the, about space wizards. And the themes and the messages and the stories and the meaning behind it are always more important than should she have been allowed to take control of the ship and light speed through the Star Destroyer? That's like, yeah. that's not what these movies are about. Exactly. Star Wars is allowed to do what it wants. Sorry it's not what you wanted it to do, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Moving on to number one. Sorry for our episode eight rant. It's been bottled up and I'm. So, it's just we have to talk about this with people frequently when we tell them we're Star Wars fans and they hate on us for liking episode I eight. had a t-shirt that says just Star Wars Last Jedi on it and somebody told me that I was brave to wear the shirt because it was such a bad movie that I would like wear a shirt that has a title on it and I was like it's great it's a great movie I'd say you're brave to wear the shirt because so many people are so angry about it yeah not well, because you know. the movie's bad but yeah, Tyler's the brave one of us. As a straight white male, it takes a lot of bravery bravery for me to like just to wear exist a Star in this Wars world. shirt, you know. But yeah, so the number one Star Wars movie, Empire Strikes Back, baby, it does it all. It takes the themes of Episode Four, cuts off on them. the it, hero's hand, reveals an underlying truth with one of the most iconic plot twists in cinema history. Darth Vader is Luke's father. And even though Vader means father in German, no one saw it coming. Except Anna Kendrick in Pitch Perfect. <laughs> but this movie also introduces so many iconic characters into the Star Wars movies. Boba Fett, Yoda, AT-ATs. Lando. Lando's there too. Oh, Lobot. <laughs> that dude's dope. There's a comic about Lobot that I really like. This is one of the most iconic Star Wars movies. I mean, with the... No, I'm your father. Scene with the AT-ATs getting wrapped around the leg, the with wires the around their legs. Night. Like so many iconic moments, and it takes everything that's great about Episode Four and just takes the story in a brave direction. Um, does a lot with the hero's journey, like flushing out Luke's storyline um, as he gets trained by Yoda, and leaves and our heroes in a predicament. That our heroes are down and out. This is the end of the movie. They're looking out at the stars. Luke's lost a hand. Leia's lost Han. And they're sad. And the movie was brave enough to end there and say, we're not telling you how this wraps up. You have to wait three more years to see it if you were around during that time. Or you have to hop in the next VHS if you want to. Or go select it on oh. Disney+. Plus. Ooh, now streaming. Not sponsored. Not sponsored. I wish. If we were sponsored by Disney+. Plus. We'd have to censor I'd have a, a bigger of this. apartment. Uh, we'd have to like go back and edit every time we cussed on this. And we'd have to like be a lot nicer to the people that didn't like the last show. So I don't wish we were sponsored by Disney Plus. We gotta keep our originality and our personality. Mm. We're a grassroots podcast. Our independence is so important. It's true. Mm -hmm. 
And if you want to help support this grassroots podcast, you can Venmo me. And you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We're at Preview Review. Um, it's spelled exactly the same way that it's on your device that you're listening to this right now. Sometimes we post about when we have new episodes. We like to do a little fun thing on Instagram every week where we like make a collage. This one's going to be really easy. It's just a giant poster. We gotta think of some fun things to Maybe do. Maybe we'll on put our face in the poster somehow. The caption is just gonna be McClunky. McClunky! You heard it here first. You already know what the Instagram post is gonna be, but please like it anyway. Alright, thanks for listening to the preview review Star Wars special. We'll be back with a, uh, with a more typical episode. episode soon, but we hope you enjoyed our musings and thoughts on Star Wars. This is gonna be a huge event of cinema i mean capping off the star wars saga the sequel trilogy um i encourage you no matter how big of a star wars fan you are to peruse the saga and maybe try and go see it because we really need to help this movie out well no i'm just saying like i said it earlier kind of jokingly but we are lucky to be living contemporaneously with the star wars franchise and like getting being able to see this movie in theaters is not something that a lot of people within like the history of the world are going to be able to do and it's a cool event you look back and you see the people going to the chinese theater in the photos for star wars episode four a new hope and you go how cool would it have been to see that movie in the theaters in 1977 you can have a somewhat similar experience going to see rise of star wars it's like going to see endgame you know like there's been so many years of build of work and build up towards this point and uh, I just am so excited. I can't wait. And if the sequel trilogy is not for you, if you already know this from the first two movies, we hope that our experiences with the Star Wars franchise has opened you up and said, maybe another part of the Star Wars franchise is for me. Maybe I need to go stream solo on Disney+. And if you've been having a hard time with the sequel trilogy and you don't know if you want to go see episode nine, just try and think back and remember... You know, what has inspired you? What's been meaningful? What has Star Wars meant to you? And what is Star Wars all about? And of course, the answer to that is... McClunky. Making money. <laughs>